There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. And helping us move from awareness to action today is the honor, the memory of 9-11. We're having the conversation on September the 9th, two days away from um, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And so Centauri and I wanted to do a little bit of reflection on just our experiences from 9-11, talk a little bit about compare and contrast the world and more so the United States from 20 years ago to where we are mm. today. And then talk about, um, I guess, learnings mm. and what we can all be doing to to be better. So, Let's do it. So you just asked me, you're like, uh, what were you doing when, uh, when, when 9-11 happened? I'm like, well, it's my first year as a professional. And you're like, what? Same thing Centauri forgets how young he is or how old I am. It's which, one of those two. Yeah. It's one of those two. <laughs> I don't know which, which, which one. So why don't you go first? Oh, 9-11. Um, I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, and I remember um, that I was, I missed the school bus. So I think my mom had to drive me to school, begrudgingly. And on the like talk radio, first plane hit. And so people were trying to figure it out. And then by the time I actually got to school, it was very clear there was a terrorist attack. And I remember thinking this was the first time where like your parents couldn't really help you. Like they were they were in the same boat as you were, and it was the first time it's like, oh, I actually don't know what's going on, or I'm just as scared as you are. And the same thing with the teachers. So that I remember that day, the entire day, we just sat in each class watching CNN, trying to uncover everything uh, as it was happening. And it was a very traumatic and scary experience. But also, um, you know, being 14 at the time really shapes how you look at life based on the one thing that was so removed as a teenager in Phoenix, Arizona, but you had this common <clears throat> and shared experience with everyone around the country. So uh, that was that was my experience. What about you? You were a sophomore in high school and 14? Yes. I started first grade at five. Okay. Still trying to do the math in my head here. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> Seems like that's very young to be a sophomore in high school. But you are very, very smart. So certainly wouldn't be a surprise that you were early. All right, great. Um, well, I have always been early morning person, and so I woke up, and I should have researched to figure out actually what time it hit, but mm. it was right when the first plane had hit, and it turned the TV on as I was getting ready to go to the gym, and nobody knew what was going on. And then I actually went to the gym, and then the second plane hit, and still nobody really knew what was going on, and. Um, I actually went into work and, um, you know, just in, information kind of came in, mm -hmm. but I can remember just not have any, having any idea what was going on, if it was a terrorist attack or if it was just an accident. Obviously, it became clear um, as, as the day went on, but that was, that was my experience. So I was, I was 22. So you, how many years older than you are? Interesting. Um, one of the things that, that sort of sticks out for me looking back, obviously we can all remember how we came together as a country and 
I, I feel like the patriotism was probably the strongest at that time right. that I can remember in, in my lifetime, certainly. And I've been listening to just people talk about it, and they talked about how sports at that time were it's such an important part of our culture, but you know, Boston fans were wearing Yankees hats, yeah. and it was a yeah. time when you couldn't even, even imagine that. And So much unity. That was the year that, that the Diamondbacks actually beat the Yankees in, in, in the World Series. But do you remember when George Bush went and threw out the, the pitch? Threw out the pitch? Yes. Have, have you gone back and watched that? It's very emotional. It's, and it's crazy. It's right, right after. Because the guy gets out there and just fires it right down the middle in front of what? Like 70,000 people or whatever? Right, yeah. It's such an amazing. It's an amazing clip. That's good to see. Yeah. Yeah. So just, 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 just the feelings. Um, and you can just jump in at, at any point here, but I think it's um, I was, you know, reflecting on that. I was doing in my previous role, got to meet with uh, some folks from the Defense Innovation Innovation Fund, and we were just in Silicon Valley talking about um, how do you get talent from Palo Alto into you know into the Pentagon. But the the larger conversation became how much September 11th united the country, and when you had all time patriotism, when you had so many factions that were so disparate before coming together for a common good. And their reflection actually was that you kind of need, in a, not need, but the given what's happened in our country since then, you need something like a unifying event like that, unfortunately, to bring the country back together, which I always thought was a really interesting kind of notion that from that disaster came a lot of good and for uh, how broken, quote unquote, broken the country's been since, um, in, say, in the last eight to 10 years, having an event like that would, unfortunately, fortunately, probably unify folks more. Is it perspective? What do you mean? Is it just a dose of perspective? I think it's a dose of perspective, but you also have a unify, I'd say unifying en enemy, right? Like at that point, it was, I'm not African American, uh, Native American, white, but it's just like we're just Americans. This happened to us collectively. And so people were willing to fight for each other. I just don't, do you remember how much people were just rallying around each other at that time? And I think we just moved away from that. So I think the idea of perspective, right? Um, of getting away from these things have happened. Uh, war does the same, right? Um, we just haven't had that, and so I think perspective is actually a good way of thinking about it. It's it, it's super interesting, and yes, it brought everybody together. I think that that we do have uh, perspective is so hard to get, mm. and it's even harder to keep. And when things are cruising along and I'm in my own world and I'm only thinking about and worrying about the things that, that are bothersome to me and the worst thing that happens to me is the worst thing. The worst thing that's ever happened to me is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and it's tough to, to keep the perspective of, oh wow, we're very fortunate to live in the United States of America. We're very fortunate to have the freedoms that we have. We're very fortunate to um, have the opportunities that, that we have and all the reasons, the good things about the United States that, that caused me to be very patriotic, uh, that caused me to be proud of being an American. And um, I think that, that events like that remind us of that. And I don't know that, uh, that what's happened in, Af in Afghanistan and leaving mm -hmm. is, is going to have that same effect when you have, you know, 20 years ago, um, you had women with no rights at all being mm -hmm murdered and beaten and raped and no, 
not allowed to work or get educated and now 20 years later you have a generation of women that has been yeah. educated and has had rights and just in literally the overnight overnight yeah. that's all gone yeah. is that going to be enough to remind us wow we we have it here pretty good I don't know I think also we are in an age of there's just so much more um, competing is a terrible word but competing right for attention whereas maybe around before the proliferation of social media uh, and 24-hour news um, there would have been more airtime for Afghanistan but it's certainly like a thing that I've been reading about just because I'm a person that likes to read around these things but I think the average American still right now is focused more on Delta variant, COVID, what's going on with jobs, and they are about Afghanistan, whereas September 11th when that happened, that was the only thing anyone could ever focus on, and rightfully so. Yeah. yeah. That's the, uh, is that uh, how to win friends and influence people? The idea that my toothache bothers me way more than five million people dying in a country that I've never heard of. Right, it's just not, it's not <laughs> important to you. Yeah. This has not, no real bearing on my, my life, because my tooth still hurts. Right. Um, so we've talked about this on the show before, and it's something that I think about pretty frequently. And when I was uh, when I was undergraduate, I became uh, a Sigma Chi fraternity member, and I still am. And some of their literature, one of their best pieces of literature, talks about how friendship among members possessed of different temperaments, talents, and convictions is superior to friendship among members having the same. Mm temperaments, talents, and convictions, so long as, as they share the common belief in an ideal. And that to me really sums up in a lot of ways what the promise of the United States is, is that diversity of all kinds is a wonderful thing and should be celebrated, mm -hmm. and our differences are what we should be celebrating so long as we are holding on to this for lack of a better term, this brass ring together that is the promise of, of, of the United States of America. Um, and so having a reminder of that, I think, again, from that perspective thing, versus right now I feel like it's more, we are celebrating our own differences, but not interested in the differences of others because they are different than ours. That's a good way of putting it. I, I think about the, um, I haven't really thought about this since uh, I stopped uh, doing work with the organization, but it was an organization birthed out of September 11th, which is uh, the Welcome to America Project. So a Welcome to America Project is a Phoenix-based nonprofit that helps settle newly arrived refugees. And the, um, the founder, Carolyn Manning, lost her brother in the September 11th attacks, but um, uh, wanted to do wanted something good to come out of out of that and so she actually read something on the front page of the Arizona Republic uh, shortly after the 9-11 attacks which is about uh, an Afghanistan family I believe that was displaced just new to the United States was getting a lot of hate um, but they worked with the American government and they were they needed to be here and so she took it upon herself to uh, actually go introduce herself to this family uh, tell them the story about her brother and then connect them to resources um, as they just moved to the United States and out of that was birthed this great organization that does that every every weekend where they pick a number of families and then bring uh, American families to meet them uh, and talk to them and help understand their journey but also bring them you know household goods and, uh, and furnishings but the point of that would be 
that organization was really good at helping people from you know Scottsdale, Phoenix, wherever Tucson that came up, and refugees from all over the country sit in a space and just say like they were so thankful to be here uh, and getting that perspective to kids who went to you know Brophy and Notre Dame, um, came from Central Phoenix to hear like you do not understand what it was like for me to be in a refugee camp for 14 years or uh, for me to work with the American military and then overnight realize that my family was a threat and to come over here with nothing but know that I'm promised the, the thing that you were just born into. I think now that's gonna compel me to go volunteer with the organization again because it was so powerful to be, to again, that perspective of wow. Um, and in that room, it's everyone was different race, everyone was different nationalities uh, from different parts of the, the world. So differences were abound and very apparent, but it was also we were celebrating the fact that they were here uh, and they were safe and that was a good thing to rally around. So I think more, more things like that, where we celebrate the differences in a different context, um, are really, really important. Yeah, I think that, that's really well said. The opportunity to go to two or three naturalization ceremonies. Oh, wow. And uh, a, friend, a friend became a, a federal judge, and he got the opportunity to, to preside over those. So people that arrived so in the United cool. States and that did all the work and spent all the time to actually become citizens then there's a ceremony and they get to stand up and tell their stories and it's exactly what you've been describing it's like wow it's absolutely amazing right and how grateful somebody is to be here and for us to just keep in mind yeah i think i think that's really important so i think that the, the getting back to what it is that that makes the united states of america a great place this experiment in self-government where we do mm -hmm. actually have all of these rights um, and the reality that we as human beings it's probably a very human thing and just extremely human nature -y kind of thing to take things for granted yeah and to think that that's fundamentally it and you mentioned how we live in this time where it's information overload yes and it's it's rage overload and it's it's surprise overload. It's just constant dopamine and whatever is going on with my body when I'm shocked and terrified and just, you know, I'm, it's one existential crisis after another. I mentioned I had the opportunity to talk with a, a, uh, a doctor of philosophy, he's a professor, and I wanted to talk to him about what he thought about uh, what's going on with vaccines and abortion and just all of these major um, things that, 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 that we're kicking around right now and fighting over and very polarizing, yeah. very polarizing. And it is just literally one ex one existential threat after another, it seems like like we're right. facing. And some people are, are just kind of watching it happen and like, holy cow, is this gonna destroy us? And some people are, are fighting those fights and they, they're carrying the banner and some people are, are opposing it. Um, I know that we've talked a lot about on the show about what in the world can I do as just me as an individual to to come back to combat or work to make find some kind of solution or find a way through these things. Yeah, that's a. I think it's reflecting on. Well, one just reflecting on your thoughts, your beliefs. Um, I think a piece that I left out of the story around. Um, on September 11th was uh, I, and this is me being young uh, and not really understanding the actions or, or the, the impact of my words and now being completely, um, now much more educated and understanding the world more. Uh, very, a very, very insensitive comment to a very good Middle Eastern friend that day. Um, 
and thinking and now reflecting on that of just like how ignorant how ignorant that was uh but how she very graciously uh gave some space to educating about what that meant for like what what today probably meant for her family an american family but obviously middle eastern um and that was something where i think we can that's a, a testament to us figuring out like where did my beliefs come from uh where can i learn to have diverse opinions to help shape a newer newer version of that belief uh but also being very very clear about like different belief sets are good um and sometimes just being challenged in a way is is also is also really good thousand percent perhaps later in the conversation you'll divulge what that no <laughs> no we don't need to we don't need that on we don't need that that's true it doesn't need to be on the internet nope so anyway yes i, I think i think that you are spot on i think that i don't know what part of our brain it is that responds emotionally i always think that it's like the thinking fast and slow thing it's like i have this uh, this 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 triggered response when i hear something mm. like when i say abortion you have some sort of visceral response for it or against it or mm. something, yeah. which is totally natural. But I think what, what we need to do is to go beyond that and down to different levels of, of our thinking about these issues and explore why it is that I think and I feel this way about that to question everything that I possibly can about it, sort of. Yeah. Um, but then more importantly, think about it even further. If I have, a, have an opinion about abortion and I have an opinion about vaccines, mm. are those two things aligned? For example, mm. if I am for abortion, um, which means that I believe that a woman has the right to do with her body whatever she wants, well then I should probably be uh, in the camp that says there's no way the government is going to mandate that I get vaccinated because keep your laws off my body. Mm. And then we can take that a couple more steps further and say, okay, right now there's conversations about how as emergency rooms fill up, uh, the doctors or whatever refusing care or prioritizing mm. care to vaccinated people over non-vaccinated people okay, well, if that's what we're going to believe one way or another, do we then also believe that, um, that obesity and alcohol abuse and drug abuse, that we should be prioritizing care for people who are not obese, who are not substance abusers as well? So the whole idea here is that it's a conversation about ethics and justice, and is my thinking aligned across different issues? If I'm going to believe what my doctor tells me about my blood pressure, does that also mean that I need to believe what my doctor tells me about a vaccine? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, wow, that's that's interesting. I think well, all of our beliefs are shaped by, you know, our upbringing experiences. So um, that's one factor. But I think even everything you just said is so nuanced and complicated that for, and I think framing it under ethics and justice was a really um really appropriate way of doing it but I think humans are just so complex that like what you're saying makes sense obviously like um, but then for people to actually live in those true beliefs I don't think anyone does that does that well I think the first example you gave like I bet you would find someone that could justify either way um, and it's hard because humans are complex and it's very nuanced but I do think there has to be there has to be some sort of not accountability because you can't that's uh, can't really hold accountable 
people accountable for this, but having more conversations about what you just said, which was, well, if you believe X, then logically you believe Y, right? And then talking through that. I think more conversations like that would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and needed. And needed. So there's a couple of things there. It's first and foremost that I need to do the work myself like we talk, we've, we've talked on the show and it's probably been beaten up, but if you don't know what you really believe, what your core beliefs yeah. and your core values yeah. are, well, then you haven't done the work on any of this stuff and you're sort of flying by the seat of your pants. And frankly, you're, I, in my estimation, more part of a problem. You're just adding to noise and, and BS versus, I have taken the time to think about these issues. Here's why, what I think about things, why I think about things. And then having the courage to say, okay, what if the opposite of what I think is true? Why is it that Centauri thinks this and I think that? Mm. And to have the courage to, again, to investigate that side of it as well and just to be empathetic about it. And so it's not that Centauri is wrong and I am right. It is that he has a different lived experience. Exactly. Which has immense value. Uh, It just... So, I don't like when people say it's my truth, because um, <laughs> I think that there is one truth, yeah. but it's it's also um, it's also foolish to discount somebody's lived experience. How do you think your uh, your thoughts and your uh, your thoughts on um, really anything were shaped and changed by nine eleven? Because I think about. Um, like your sons live in a world where they never, like that's not gonna be top of mind for them. We lived it, we were in the middle of it. Um, and in a world where everything has been shaped by it, but they didn't live it. So think about the airport and security and all the things around like how we can justify massive global defense funds, right? Um, how have how your thoughts changed because of 9-11? Yeah, massively. It's, it's, it's really, if it's not the seminal um, event of, of, of my lifetime. It's in the top 10 probably. Right. I've, not, I've never thought about it, but it's got to be. Um, it, it certainly convinced me that the path that we took mm. with the Iraq war and subsequently the last 20 years in Afghanistan was correct. And at this stage, just speaking honestly, I think that it was a horrible mistake and the amount of money that we've spent and the lives that we've lost um, was an awful mistake. Certainly, it gave evidence to just how people feel about the United States and that we had so many people go and enlist from Pat Tillman to my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that there is such a strong love of country um, that, that was there and still does. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's probably going to be an uptick in people uh, having more interest in the military after seeing what we've just been seeing and the importance of it. Um, so, but that's just that's just evidence, I think, also of, of, of being able to take in new information and change my mind yeah. and, 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 and to learn. Now for me, it's, um, I mean, I think 9-11 really did kind of solidify my love for the country. So America's deeply flawed, but... Um, it's definitely uh, a, a special place and a place that I want to be. And then also a love for our military. Again, uh, the men and women who served and, and were part of that, um, 
they sacrifice. And I think that day really illuminated just how powerful that is and um, how much of a testament that is to the love of this country. So the patriotism there. Uh, I wonder, do you think that with your sons who did not, 9-11 is not as visceral for them, would they have the same views on Afghanistan if they were old enough to? So if you don't, if you weren't part of it, do you feel like it's, you're just like, oh, well, yeah, we had to pull out of a country. I get it. Rather than like, this is why this happened. This is a bad idea or good idea, whatever you think. Yeah, I think that it's going to be a lot of revisionist history and, mm. and Monday morning quarterbacking. I think once you get enough space from something, well, like I mean, I was just about to say, it becomes pretty uh, clear what the truth was, but who, who, who's really to say? Which is another one of the massive problems that we're facing as a country is what information do I believe to be true? And is the information that I have, is it accurate? Um, and that's the way my brain is processing it, but also wh where I'm getting it from. Is it, is it the full picture? We're, gonna, we're, we're just never going to know that. Yeah, um, yeah. So how will they look at it? I, you know what? I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't have an answer to that. Um, but they'll, they'll certainly have their own. Right. That's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're going to have their own, uh, own things to sort of go through. Yep. And, you know, COVID is, 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 you know, it's interesting that it's been 20 years because here we have COVID, which is potentially yep. my, my kids are four and one, soon to be five and two, and they're hopefully not going to have, uh, any recollection of this at all. Probably some. Um, but it's going to be this is what we're living through right now is something that's 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 definitely going to shape um, everything moving forward from the way that we view medicine and the way that we Ooh, view yeah. education and the way that we you know trust in institutions in institutions Ooh, you're right yeah they have their own set of things and issues that they're gonna have to combat and deal with I had the opportunity to talk with um, a um, a, a pharmacist, a, a compounder. So this this gentleman, he makes all of the pills like by hand for his patients. Oh, okay. So fascinating. Um, it's a world of compounding. Um, so I asked him, I'm like, what do you think about everything that's going on? What do you think about the vaccines? That he was very much for the vaccines um, as somebody who works outside of the healthcare apparatus because your health insurance doesn't co cover going to this right. person. So if you want what he does, you have to come out of pocket for it. So part of me would think that he would be sort of contrary to mm. uh, Big Pharma, but he very much was an advocate of the vaccine. But I thought, and I asked him, I said, and, and he said, he said, you know, I'd be really interested in having a conversation with people that are very against it, just to sort of really dive into and, and better understand what their points are. And I said, you know what? Has anybody actually done that? Yeah. Has anybody sat down like publicly oh. in, in, in a Public, big yeah, yeah. A setting? And he's like, no. Like, and all we have is Rand Paul screaming at Fauci and Fauci screaming at Rand Paul. And I mean, to think that that's not the most disingenuous <laughs> conversation you could right. possibly imagine. Right, right. So why can't we have that? I love that idea. Just host that. That would be really cool. That'd be really cool. Just talk to people about. And I, the, the research around this is showing that, like, the best practice is to not shame anyone or say, like, the idiot or why wouldn't it? It's like, why? Tell me more. Like, give me your idea. And I bet you, I bet most people say, oh, I can understand that. I don't agree with it, but I can understand why you believe that rather than shaming and 
being like, you need to do this, or you're a terrible person. Which yeah. is, which is essentially what we're talking about. Yeah. It's how can we engage in civil discourse and have more of a conversation than I'm trying to ram my point home or win yeah. uh, an argument yeah. with you or win a debate. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. we can't have yeah. a, a an honest and forthright exchange of ideas, and we can can respectfully disagree with one another and challenge one another's ideas and views in service of getting to the truth. Right. Yeah. It's a hard. Uh, it's a hard one if you if you have the silver bullet for that because man, it's so ingrained, especially right now. It's so hard. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's having the courage to, to go inside and to come up with, with, with your own thoughts and opinions on right. it. And not just your opinions, to actually have your own thoughts. Uh, yeah. You can have your feelings, but also have thoughts on it. Question why it is you think that. Make sure that you are saying, what if the opposite of what I believe is true? And then go into your interactions with people. Stay off social media. Don't do it on social media. <laughs> and then go into uh, your, your, your interactions with from a charitable and generous perspective. I agree. Not trying to, to dunk on people um, or score points or whatever. I agree. That's good. So there it is. We uh, solved it. We solved something. I, it's, uh, I'm, I am curious to see, uh, we're 20 years in, um, seems like it was just yesterday, but I'm, I'm, I wanted to I was just thinking about your point about revisionist history and how how much the legacy of 9-11 will be either um, embraced and elevated or diluted depending on how much further we get away from it. Um, and then if there's going to be an intentional intentional push to make sure that the lessons learned during that time, especially the two to five years after, are, um, are institutionalized in some way. But I'm just fascinated to see what happens in the next few years. What do you mean institutionalized in some way? It's just uh, kind of the patriotism and uh, understanding, like, what did we learn from that? What can we pull from that? Um, the the unit, how this country unified. Is there a way that we can we can replicate that without there being a big disaster mm. to do that? I'd, I'd be curious to know if that's a, something people are researching or looking into. Yeah, yeah, that's a, the whole thing about you know how how can you foster and teach people perspective mm. you know the whole story about the Buddha was he was a prince right mm. he was raised in the castle of the most affluent people in the entire country and it wasn't until he left the castle that he saw suffering people he saw people with leprosy people who were poor he's like holy crap right. I had no idea I had no idea yeah and so that obviously changes perspective changed the course of history right for all intents and purposes and so as much as we'd like to think that uh, you can learn these things by reading about them, I think that uh, as Experience. human beings, it very much needs to be something that's experiential. And so the more we can educate ourselves and expose ourselves to doing the things that you described of meeting people who are not from the United States, come yeah. from a different place, to go and visit other parts of the world and to see how other human beings live and to have a deeper appreciation for the things that we have here in, in, in the United States. As you said, and I agree that there's aspects of the country which are deeply flawed, and you know, at the same time, we're able to talk about how they're shitty right. and they're right. deeply flawed without getting our heads cut off. Yep, yeah. and it's something I think people take for granted. 
So. Yeah. So food for thought. Um, so I, I, I hope that just my, my hope is that, that, that people work and endeavor to live more intentionally, to be more aware of what we're thinking, to think more about what it is that we're thinking and to catch those things when we do have a, a thought, a negative thought, whatever it might be, and then to examine why it is that I think this way about this thing. It doesn't mean that, that your thought is wrong, it's just give it a second thought. It's an introspection, yeah. And then make sure that it's actually aligned to how you're thinking about other stuff. Good for that. It's good. Excellent. Well, thanks as always for listening. Um, it's been a while since we've done a show, Centauri. It's George's fault. It is. <laughs> I, accept, I accept full responsibility. As you should. So, thanks as always for listening. And uh, keep questioning because the struggle is real.